What's up? Welcome back to Guitar Blah Blah, the daily podcast for people that just can't shut up about guitar. If you had the displeasure of listening to yesterday's episode, um, you will have got fully indoctrinated into my way of thinking on the whole big kind of massive statement, controversial statement issues around guitar and I took as my example the whole rock and roll is dead thing metal is dead thing guitar music is dead thing whatever it is that people like to throw out there the guitar is dying guitar music is dying all of that stuff um and I was on my way to talking about how there are lots of interesting things you can take out of those conversations but it's much more interesting to try and progress them into a new place and then I in a complete twist of irony got stuck in the conversation itself in whilst in part yeah trying to <laughs> trying to make the point of we should really move on from these kind of conversations shouldn't we and kind of talk about more interesting stuff that comes out of them and kind of just progress them and stuff and there's worthwhile stuff in those conversations but let's take them somewhere else and instead I got stuck talking about the whole thing which kind of in a way proved my point in this massive ironic way and also just proved that hey yeah we all get stuck in these conversations because there is something interesting within them but like I said my point was to like I hopefully was doing yesterday try to pull those interesting parts out of it and not just get stuck in the back and forth and the kind of cycle of these conversations. Well, I also said that I wanted to show an example, uh, go through an example of someone talking about these things, which gets gets presented in the whole like rock is dead or guitar music is dead kind of vein and go through and see how, you know, actually there's lots of interesting things in what they say we can pull out. There's lots of signposts in there for how we can kind of get into a more interesting conversation about the state of guitar and the state of guitar music, but also in the stuff that they say, there's actually kind of clues I want to point to that they themselves uh, know that what they're talking about is not as strong as rock is dead. It's not as extreme and as exaggerated as that, but is actually a bit more balanced and says a bit more that's kind of nuanced. So I actually want to get to that today. Instead of getting stuck in my pointless opinion of this stuff, I want to just go through, I want to breeze through someone's remarks that are put out there as rock is dead and the conversation about these remarks have just been the kind of standard conversation including like i said lots of people expressing boredom at this kind of conversation and saying hey let's move on to talk about something different etc etc um as that's part of it that's part of it but also you know lots of the same standard stuff of people going backwards and forwards agreeing disagreeing putting blame here and there i want to go through these comments and actually pull out what's actually there and go through what is this person actually saying what's the conversation actually about what are the interesting things and how could we kind of progress this conversation and yeah also point out how their comments aren't just as simple as saying rock is dead and even in just what they say regardless of my additions um yeah they're saying something a bit more complicated than that so i don't want to get stuck on these like i did yesterday i just want to breeze through them so these comments were made recently and i'm not picking on someone here this is just a big well-publicized recent example of this stuff which is you know going on all the time from all sorts of people especially older musicians and these examples came from gene simmons of kiss He's made a bunch of comments in the past about this stuff and he's come back and made some comments recently in some interviews. I'm just going to pick out some stuff that he says. But the way this was presented was he said the kind of rock is dead before um, and this sort of stuff. And uh, he gets asked about it and has been asked about it a couple of times recently and has, yeah, you know, kind of stuck to his guns on it. But what he's actually saying, I think, is a lot more interesting than rock is dead. I think that's 
I don't agree with that part of what he says. I think that's the exaggeration part. But there's a lot of other stuff in here, I think he says, which has some points to it and which are interesting, but which I wish we would focus on and maybe he would focus on as well, rather than the Ruck is dead, man, kind of thing, which, you know. Um, also, the irony of this coming from a dude from Kiss. Um, I've heard people from back in the day who were like, you know, felt that Kiss was all this kind of like showy, ridiculous playing dress up nonsense and that it detracted from the quote unquote real music so it's kind of ironic that it's you know but i guess as with any musician like whoever says this there is also that threat of irony that someone come out and be like really this guy's saying you know he's saying she's saying rock is dead or this music isn't this or this music isn't that take a look at their music man um so I'm not going to get stuck on that because that's also not my opinion. But some people have pointed, some people have pointed that irony as well. But anyway, so Rock is dead, Gene Simmons. Let's blast through it and let's see what he actually says. Um, really, but yeah, he said this thing kind of infamously a few years ago. Not really infamous, it's a bit strong. But he said this thing that got a lot of, uh, you know, eyes on it a few years ago and a lot of republishing everywhere. He said this thing about rock music is dead and the death of rock wasn't a natural death uh it was murdered is what he says so didn't die of old age it was murdered um and he was pointing to a couple things there when he said that it was murdered and he was talking to he was kind of meaning like file sharing was one of the things he was talking about like people downloading and sharing files over the internet and that meant it wasn't viable to be in a band anymore and make music so that killed off uh rock music um and also then label executives not looking after and staying loyal to the artists in those genres so two different things there both of which i think are really interesting the effect of file sharing and downloads on music and the negligence and poor mismanagement and kind of ignorance or neglect from record label executives i think those are both interesting things i think those have both had effects including very damaging effects on the music world rock music any more than other music though i don't know certainly i would not say with his with his wording there's this kind of feeling of it being like pointed and deliberate like they wanted to get that music out of the way don't think that was really the case um if it was from the label executives i guess it was because they felt that it was already becoming unpopular amongst the public which still yeah isn't great but um were they being more nasty or neglectful or you know i guess taking advantage of people or doing any of those kinds of things or being nefarious in any way with their rock artists and their guitar music artists any more than their pop artists or artists in any other genre of music yeah I don't know, file sharing also hurt everyone across the board and rock and guitar music was very big at the time and a lot of it would have been really impacted from because of its popularity with, yeah, from file sharing and from this other, you know, kind of the action of executives. Is that really people murdering rock? Is that really rock dying or is that the music industry got massively impacted, transformed all of the things that happened around there? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure if that's really how accurate that is i mean yes it did absolutely put some bands in a position where they couldn't make money it did absolutely negatively affect people but in certain ways it did um and in in a lot of those ways it affected music across the board um now the things he said more recently is when he said rock is dead he said that's because new bands haven't taken the time to create glamour excitement and epic stuff 
Uh, I refer you back to my comment a second ago about there's a lot of people in rock music and stuff who um, fucking hate that stuff, <laughs> who enjoy really good musicians. They like excitement. That one's good. Really good. But the excitement comes from amazing musicians playing amazing music um and you know putting performance and sure like there's the the art of the performance itself absolutely but glamour and epic stuff again from a guy in kiss you can imagine what is in his mind when he says bands need more glamour and epic stuff um i think that's really in the world of pop music and i think a lot of guitar music fans and rock music fans are kind of happy for it to stay there costumes and crazy makeup and you know like some kind of like shark wow you know <laughs> visceral element to it um either is in the world of like extreme metal maybe like black metal and, ele- and death metal and those genres will have elements of that taken to a much higher extreme than kiss ever did yeah um and then in terms of the glamour and the kind of like epic stuff that goes on around the music a lot of them in pop um and seems to be more associated with that world um so some people would disagree with it on that front and say actually that we don't need more glamour and crap like that that detracts from the music and it did when kiss did it some people would say that um some people would agree with what g sims is saying here i don't really think this part is particularly interesting i know the other part was interesting he was referring to some interesting stuff about what happened in the music industry how that affected certain genres this um blaming bands because rock isn't popular which seems to be the rock is dead thing that seems to be what he means is it's not popular unless he just means like even if it was popular at the moment i would still consider it dead because i don't personally find the bands exciting which which is a perfectly reason that's perfectly viable as his own opinion of, of taste but um if rock music was you know like just had taken over the entire radio was completely everywhere the whole time at the moment do you think he'd be saying this and saying rock is dead i don't think so so even if he doesn't mean it in that way i think it's completely inextricably linked to the idea of rock isn't popular so rock isn't popular because it's not got glamour enough i don't know about that and also putting blame on new bands and saying they're not doing enough um yeah, I think anyone who's into any of the new guitarists and new artists that are out there who are absolutely phenomenal, extremely exciting and do a whole bunch of very cool stuff and put a whole bunch of effort into, yeah, still the stuff around their music, the shows, um, the performance, the yeah, music videos doing crazy cool stuff that people really enjoy, including ones that have kind of a more of a handle on how to use the internet and social networking, social network platforms and yeah, um, in that way engage and do epic stuff for and with fans even collaboratively i think anyone who's familiar with any of any of those things just some of the really good bands some of the really good guitarists up to the people who do interesting and epic things around their music would say yeah no that stuff's happening all the time and people are putting blood sweat and tears into that that doesn't really seem very related to whether rock is popular and blaming young bands first of all how does it help even if the analysis were accurate but with the analysis not being accurate it just feels like you're you're flinging shit here to be honest with you and i just don't think it's that interesting either as an opinion um this part is more interesting that he says he does also at this point mention the foo fighters are a great band but they are 20 years old so that's going back a little while 
Um, and then he does the classic thing of saying, like, if you go back to the time when we had, like, Elvis Presley and then the Beatles and Hendrix and Rolling Stones and so on. Um, and then, you know, going through the ages, even when you had disco being really popular, you had ACDC um, going on at the same time. Motown had a bunch of great guitar music um, and all of that stuff. So basically he's saying, yeah, we've always had these amazing bands. I would say we have these amazing bands now. They might not be world conquering in exactly the same way. But if you want to hear my opinions on that, I dealt with that in a bunch of detail yesterday. And so I didn't say he was wrong. It has changed. It is different. But that there aren't world conquering rock bands in the way that today's kind of mainstreams, plural, work. Not true. Um and that there aren't these world-conquering, super-exciting bands in certain ways. That's not true. Um, and But also, his point is correct. The stuff has changed, but does that mean the rock is dead? Nope, that doesn't mean that at all. I dealt with all of this in detail yesterday. So it's not me dismissing his point. It's just I think he's off the mark with the conclusion, saying that, you know, there are always these kind of world-beating, singular bands that just stood out and stood the test of time and became these kind of bands that will be pointed to forever as symbols of that decade is that the case right now with with rock and it's like you know not necessarily the case but that's to do with an entire shift in culture in the music industry and to to say that that's the death of rock music is way too far and to blame it on bands is bizarre um he says tell me who the beatles is you can't they're a popular bands bts is very popular all kinds of bands are very popular. That doesn't mean iconic and legacy for all time. It's different. So here is also kind of going into not just the idea of like rock is dead. And he's using Beatles as an example, which is great because he's kind of such a good example to use. He's talking about kind of the confluence of not just guitar based rock music or the generic sounds, but also in terms of pop music with someone like the Beatles, um, the way that they were legendary and huge at this moment. Are any of the bands or artists that are super popular at this moment even possibly is it even remotely possible that any of them any one of them is going to be impactful in the way that the Beatles were in their time in the way that they're this absolute legend that completely changed the face of music very hard to tell in the time that you're in um very difficult to make comparisons across genre um but this I think is an interesting point but it's just not interesting in the frame of this conversation um I think there's a, there are interesting conversations to have. Obviously, it's up to you whether you find it interesting or not. But I think there's interesting conversations you could have about, again, maybe also playing off everything I said yesterday about where rock music exists today and are there different mainstreams rather than one mainstream that has the same pull and power as it used to and stuff like this. You know, there's all sorts of ways to look at it, but that's an interesting conversation, though, for a lot of people. Like, who, who are the kind of analogs of some of those artists? Like... Is there an artist right now that could be considered like the Beatles? I think that's interesting. And I think it's perfectly viable to go into that conversation and say there isn't one. And what we have at the moment is this kind of different situation where there's a bunch of really popular bands and, you know, world conquering kind of artists and stuff that are all coming and going all the time, but there's not a single artist that can stand up in that way as this absolute legend that's interesting because it raises questions of well what is the difference what's the difference between a super popular band that's also seen as unique so you've got crazy popularity like world conquering popularity uniqueness and talent 
but they might still not be some kind of analog to the Beatles. And does that even make sense as a conversation? Do we even have re- recurring or do these things happen once? Do you have the Beatles, obviously in a certain way, you know, when you really go into the details of it, that specific band at that specific time only gets to happen once. But maybe you don't even ever get to have proper analogs. Maybe you don't ever get to have proper analogs of the things i mean think about comparing across those decades in the past if you go from the 80s and you compare it with the 60s would you go would you really go like evh is the new hendrix does that make sense or is it more that he was a different kind of musical hero and that they both kind of even though chronologically they're one after the other in that way in a sense really that you look at them more side by side as different artists doing different things um you know and at every point of every genre in time do the genres when they're the most kind of popular genre if you look like synth pop in the 80s does it always work that you have these singular figures you know if you look at synth pop in the 80s you know if you look at like who crafted that sound who came up with it um you know who who pioneered that or if you look at disco or if you look at um certain subgenres within you know certain eras within popular music there's a bunch of them where i don't think you see singular figures maybe that's something weirdly unique to like distinct guitar genres or just even guitarists and guitar music and stuff um and with these what few like elvis presley and the beatles maybe that was also for a certain time maybe it was a certain time because of what was happening generically but maybe that happens with certain genres and then maybe as the genres evolve in terms of what's the most popular and what's on top of the time there's a lot of genres like like i say disco 80s synth pop where like maybe that doesn't really happen in those genres that you have singular big figures that rise way above everyone else so again i'm not going to go on the kind of mistake of yesterday and get stuck on that point but there's just off the top of my head a bunch of ways that that's an interesting conversation but it loses its interest when it's in the i think telling the story of when it gets stuck in not necessarily that it comes up in this story but when it gets just stuck in the debate about is this music dead or has this music gone away i think that's kind of not the most interesting part of it i don't think you get to super interesting places getting stuck there i think it'd be more interesting to you know yeah okay it starts off with him saying rock is dead and then talking about how he sees music but from that you get to these more interesting places and that's where i'd focus on if i was going to talk for an hour more about something it wouldn't be is the rock dead thing it would be yeah okay how do these iconic figures emerge and how do they work and how do they look at the time versus in hindsight it's interesting um and then, you know, going on from that point of how people are, are remembered, another thing he went on to say is uh, he, he doubts that any of today's popular acts would be remembered in 30 years' time. Um, so he said that he doubts that because the singularity that was the Beatles is a band that wrote their own songs, arranged it themselves, produced it themselves, mostly played all their own instruments, no backing tracks, no digital enhancement, no vocal correctness. Yeah, not going to happen again. Um kind of weird i mean uh you know this is the point of like you know music these days just like a guy in a room with a laptop or whatever or a team of people with a bunch of powerful digital equipment and they basically just you know it's getting close to computer generated music and it's all kind of fake and whatever that's the point there again there's something interesting to discuss there and there's people discussing this all the time about how music's made today and do we 
you know, hold in the same esteem the idea of people writing stuff and being able to play their own instruments and do we view that as better or do we not care about that anymore? Um, is music too digitally made and stuff these days? Is there a fakeness to that? Does that take something away or is that just a different just a different creation method and and it can the two can coexist and stand side by side um is is the fact that the one seems to be more popular than the other that you know music which is a bunch of people literally just playing their instruments seems to be less um in the mainstream than a lot of stuff which is very much produced in this kind of digitally produced way all very interesting um but there's there are tons of bands these days Again, some of them really, really popular, who are all, what does he say? A band that wrote their own songs, arranged it themselves, produced it themselves, mostly played their own instruments. Uh, yeah, I could name you so many bands that do that today. So many bands. And some of them are, like I said in the in yesterday's episode, I went over this, insanely popular. Not in quite the same way. Doesn't work in quite the same way, though they were in a different time. Um, I agree with him saying that the singularity of the band, but like, you know, a singularity of the brand, of the that was the Beatles is a band that wrote their own songs or themselves. Yeah. I mean, I think there's again the more interesting thing is the thing that he doesn't expand on in a way, like the singularity of who the Beatles were. That's kind of more interesting. The fact that they do all this stuff themselves. You know, we're not gonna have that exact same band again. We might not even have a kind of analogue to it and a version of it in uh, any given era, for sure. But um you know, bands that don't have all this like vocal correctness and like kind of digital enhancement everywhere there's tons of bands like that um and again tons of really popular ones as well um some of them sell out stadium tours all over the world um you know the beatles thing is more about the the way that they changed music and innovated as well as being insanely popular and beloved um is there a band doing that then we can argue about this bands doing that um but then what would be interesting is to then, again, go on to something a little bit, kind of progress this conversation a bit more. If we have the feeling, I don't think there are any bands that would be remembered in 30 years' time in the way of like a Beatles or Hendrix will be. Why is that? Because we do have bands that do all their own stuff like this. We do have bands who are innovating. We do have bands who are progressing their sounds. Is it just literally popularity? Is that literally it? Um, not literally yet that, that made the Beatles great. I just said there's a bunch of stuff that made them great in Legends, but is the just the difference at the moment between bands that will be remembered in 30 years' time and those that won't is not necessarily how popular they are because I just said they're really popular, but the kind of popularity. Like Beatles had this, like 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 I said, these kind of singular figures that just stand head and shoulders above everyone else. If we don't really have those in this age, um, in certain genres of music at certain periods of time, that maybe it just can't happen, even if they are super innovative and really popular with a, you know, in a certain way. Yeah, we loads of interesting stuff there, but I uh, don't think the point is proven about Rock is Dead, but I think there's some interesting points in there to talk about, for sure. Loads of interesting conversations. But again, progressing it on from the conversation of Rock is Dead, that's what makes it interesting. Um, he goes on to talk about modern artists relying so much on technology, the if a bunch of modern artists were to be you know recorded singing in the shower they record themselves singing in the shower you wouldn't recognize them um because they sound so different on their records because of all the technology uh none of the rappers play instruments don't write songs they write words 
chords, melodies, harmonies, that stuff. No. Uh, it doesn't mean that rap isn't important. It's very important, but it ain't the Beatles. Um, yeah, I thought this was interesting as well because, uh, again, his comments kind of get portrayed a bit incorrectly, I think. They get portrayed as if he's saying rock is dead because it's all this BS fake music. And you can kind of see that's not what he says. He points out the singularity of the Beatles and he says here, rap's very important, but it ain't the Beatles. Um, That, I think, is a way more interesting point than Gene Simmons says rock is dead. I wish people would focus on that point because I think he's, you know, like I said, there's lots of elements in which I would make this point differently. I'm going to talk about different things, but I'm a different person, so who cares? What he says, you know, I wouldn't focus on certain elements he does here, but the point he gets to at the end of this uh, of this little bit is he's saying that all of this music can still be important, it still be viable, but it's the proof that that's what's popular and that other music isn't shows that you're not going to have, you know, an age of guitar music and an age of rock music, and you're not going to have an equivalent of the Beatles. It's interesting. Um, that is more along the lines of where I think this conversation could go that teaches us about guitar music and where music is. Um, I think that, you know, that can even be separated from the kind of point which can get stuck in its own kind of cycle of not so interesting talking. Sometimes it's about like, you know, artists rely so much on technology um, that it's so digitally odd. Um, But again, he doesn't say like, it's a lot of, crap and and i hate the way that that music's made he doesn't say that he's just commenting on that's the way that it works and that that's a difference to how previous ages of music were so that's like i said i think there's something much more interesting in there and he's saying something much more that you could talk about for a lot longer and get a lot more interesting conversation out of than rock is dead Uh, i think what he's actually talking about is like the way these things have moved on and the way when you compare these things, you see a different means that something different is happening in music right now to before. And what are those differences? Um, it sounds like he's saying he's not so keen on the stuff being relied on, being so reliant on modern technology and um, digital technology and stuff. And that um, these people aren't really writing songs and don't know how to construct songs and don't know how to write music. Um, you know, there's a lot of things you could say with that. You could say, what about classical musicians sneering at if they were to be sneering at guitar players who learn a relatively very, very minimal amount of music theory to not have this kind of conservatory, um, the conservatoire education, um, you know, do not have conservatory uh, kind of vibe of their education. A lot of them, obviously, you know, some of them will go to schools of music where they uh, learn guitar and, and, and learn an enormous amount of music theory and, and learn about all of these things. Um, but uh, obviously the great, great, great majority of us don't. Even if we do also think theory is important and this, that, and the other, we will not have that kind of, we're not classically trained, to put it as simple as that, right? Um, if those classically trained musicians were to sneer at us and sneer at all our favorite rock musicians because they could barely read music or not read music at all and were tone deaf and blah, 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 all our favorite punk musicians and rock and roll musicians and metal musicians and who were just a bunch of crazy, strange people that happen to get really good at guitar, um, were not classically trained, just played guitar all the time, so they got really good at it. You know, we wouldn't like them. We'd say that was kind of elitist and stuff. Could this be the same way? Could be, but then the other side of that, to argue back, you could say um, this isn't about 
um, isn't about the same kind of elitism there because what we're talking about is um, an understanding or an ability to do what you're doing at all coming from the person. And if these guys aren't writing music and stuff and it's coming from a computer, then that's not the same as people with different levels of music skill or knowledge looking down on one another. That's looking over to this whole different method, which is too close to being you know generated by technology and therefore it's not the same thing as a classically trained musician looking at guitarist it's not about looking down on someone with a different level of music knowledge it's about seeing this as being a kind of generation of music that's not the same you know i don't know again interesting conversation here but i think it, it it's interesting but it's most interesting when it's not about rug is dead man that's the least interesting part of it i think um an interesting thing as well that Simmons said is he did talk about his appreciation of, um, you know, a, a, he kind of highlighted a bunch of artists in the world of pop right now um, who he thought was interesting. So he talked about Billie Eilish saying that she's interesting because she actually writes material with her brother and the stuff actually comes out as kind of unique and there's a unique vibe to it and everything. He thinks, uh, he says this weird thing, which I still don't know what it means. <laughs> it just makes me laugh when I read it. Um, he says, Lady Gaga is fantastic in the female category. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I keep I keep almost thinking I understood what he meant. And I, Does he mean like the kind of, you know, solo female pop artist diva category? Is that what he means? It's just bizarre. Like, what's your favorite genre of music, man? You like jazz? You like blues? What do you like? I I think my favorite would be female. Like, that's bizarre. <laughs> Which gender of music do you like is what I meant. Sorry, I misspoke. I said genre, but I meant to ask you which of the two music genders that I, that I, that I would like to talk about uh, first and foremost. Blues. No, that's, that's a genre. I meant... I meant, do you enjoy female music? It's bizarre. I don't really... I think that's the only thing I can think of is that he means like female pop singers, like the kind of pop diva kind of thing. I don't know. I guess that's what he means. Um, I would hope that that's what he means anyway, because then that at least makes more sense than like, she's good for a woman. I, I don't think he means that. It sounds like he almost got... Like he almost said that, but I, I think it's just a weird way that he's phrased it on accident. Um, I think he means like the 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 solo female artist pop diva thing which is an established thing i don't think it's called the female category i don't think it's called that i'm not making fun of him it's just we all say i i have i do a daily guitar podcast i say stupid stuff every single episode on accident when you're just talking off the top of your head this is how it comes out sometimes but it just made me laugh so i get stuck on it sorry um i think that's what he means i don't think he means anything like about like for a woman, she's. Got, I don't think he means that at all because he's literally pointing out female artists the whole time here that he's that he admires. So he's not saying that obviously, but I'm not quite sure what he is saying. But I think he means like solo female pop diva kind of thing. Um, you know, and he points there and says like she writes her own material, she can sing like crazy. She's a musician. She she writes music and plays piano. She does all that stuff. So he points to individual people here as clearly being fantastic, which again I think is good because like. There's certain bits of this where people will cherry pick it and just be like, kind of like, oh, okay, boomer about it because they think he's just saying like, oh, all this shitty music that's just all technology based. He's not saying that, like I said a moment ago. Um, he's saying it's different, but he's not just like shitting on it. Um, 
which is again where the conversation can get really interesting and here he's saying there's lots of stuff there which is good and especially for him clearly he finds that is a a point of you know a character or a point on the checklist of what people can do that is a certain thing in his categorization of what is a, a good artist or not so interesting artist an artist that's worthwhile an artist that's doing something that's quote-unquote better to him or more interesting to him clearly it's very important to him that people who actually play instruments and can write music and actually write their own material and do stuff that's coming genuinely from them um and i think a lot of us listening to this into guitar music and stuff would agree um i don't think that's a crazy opinion from the kind of guitarist and rock music side of things i think we put a big um a big importance on that and our criteria often for what we respect and enjoy in music comes down to that across genres is people who are actually skilled people who can write this material themselves and actually perform it properly not lip sync or whatever we like the reality and the genuineness and not the fakeness and that goes across all genres not just our genres that we might particularly find to be our favorites or whatever so that's that's you know he's saying that there and that's a positive thing in a way and it's not necessarily shitting on anyone else like i said but uh not a controversial thing i think a lot of us think that um and again looking at things like that is is kind of more interesting than rock is dead it's going okay how much of that is going on is there too much how how is music made today is there this is there a problem with the way that it's made where it's kind of a team of people put it together and things are digitally enhanced and vocally co- vocal corrections and uh, all that's digitally done and the song is not written by the person whose name is on the album cover or you know next to the song on spotify but it's this team of 30 people and all the ones whose names you don't know are the ones who actually can read music and went to music school and they just like write the song this person just like goes like oh i kind of want it to be about this and then they sing it and then it gets corrected anyway and then they lip sync it on tv like so what did that person even do you know but i think one thing i would just quickly point out is um there's degrees to that it's not about they do and they don't first of all it's not also split necessarily apart by genre although it is much more prominent in pop music sure um but i would also say that um you know knowing people who are big followers of of pop music and into pop music um that can be a sticking point for them too their lines might be moved to a different place it might not be as hardcore or as binary it's kind of like people who don't write their own music screw them they're not real musicians and stuff which again is not actually what gene simmons is saying here but um you know he's not putting it as hard is kind of like hard and fast as that and, and as brutal as that uh but some people would and some people would take what gene simmons saying here and go yeah that's right screw those people who don't write their own music but um you know i think that there are also people there are people who are really into pop music and everything who yeah might not have it as kind of binary and set as that as hey i like these people i respect these people because they do write their own music and stuff these other ones seem to not so we don't like them but you know will still have their own kind of lines and they might still be like ah, if you enjoy the music what does it matter but you know which is also a good thing to discuss here does it really matter at all if people like the music there's something to discuss it's a question it's not tearing down anything it's not putting a strong opinion on it it's a genuine question but you know there are people in 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 really big fans of pop music who still have their lines still be like you know listen to stuff that we think oh that's kind of fake or you know a gene simmons might say well you know they're not really doing that themselves that might be this pop fans favorite artist would be you know demonized or categorized by us in that way or by gene simmons in that way or by you but 
they might then also turn to look at other pop artists and go, well, they're completely fake. I don't like their stuff. It's, they're, they're an industry plant. They're, they're not interested. Nothing genuine about that to me. That still is important to people in these other genres as well. So um, interesting to think about. Um, anyway, another thing he said here that I thought was interesting, um, just to go on that about whether this really matters. It's not about what's okay and what's not okay. And it's not this boomer thing of just, as some people would put it, uh, you know, see his see the headlines on this kind of thing that Gene Simmons said, and be like, "Oh, he's this kind of old guy thinking like all oh, the music today's crap, and no one should like it, and everyone should just like the old music, or everyone should just like the music as he defines it by his criteria." But again, throughout this is not what he's saying. Um, he says this as well: the rest of the world reacts to a lot of the pop divas, although mostly they don't write their own songs and can't play an instrument. Okay, so you think he's going to go one way on this. But then he says, and by the way, that's okay too. It doesn't matter what you like, but it ain't the Beatles. So this is what I think is interesting. Everyone picks up on, and he himself, to my, you know, to my eyes, kind of over-focuses on, but everyone picks up on the the rock is dead element of it, and this genre has gone away, and we are woeful because music has died or whatever. That's not really what he says. And also the most interesting parts are where he gets furthest away from that. Um, finishes here by saying, it's okay, we like it, but uh, whatever you like, it's okay. But it ain't this or it ain't that. Um, it ain't the Beatles. He's not wrong. Um, and he's not passing a harsh judgment about, and that's why everything's terrible now. Um, so he's actually got some interesting little points. Not crazy, not stuff that we've never heard before, but all these points that I'm picking up on I think are really interesting jumping off points where lots of conversations could happen instead all of the reaction I saw to this was about the back and forth on rock is dead least interesting part of everything he said right I want to quickly also go through some more comments he said because he 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 carried on this is across various interviews and things by the way said something which I did strongly disagree with um but I strongly disagree with it again in the kind of headline way, in the like thing that was most focused on that he said here, which again is, is centered around Rock is Dead. He gives another reason for supposedly why how Rock is Dead. However, again, when you actually look at the details of his answer, there's a lot more interesting conversations to have here and that he's kind of instigating and moving on to here. And this kind of progression of the conversation is much more interesting. Again, everyone just got stuck on the kind of headlines of what he said here. And I get that. I'll quickly go past it. But there's much more interesting things in what he actually says when you go into it. So he's talking about death rock music again. And this time he says, you know, he's talking about rock music is dead. He's, you know, asked about why or how. or How did that happen? This is what he said. So rock music is dead, blah, blah, blah. And the culprits are the young fans. You killed the thing that you love because as soon as streaming came in, you took away a chance for the new great bands who are there in the shadows who can't quit their day job because you can't make a dime putting your music out there because when you download stuff, it's 100th or 1,000th of a penny. Um, So he says download stuff. He's, he's talking about streaming. That's what he's talking about now. So we talked before about music executives, talked before about file sharing and the kind of, he was hinting at like Napster and the early days of all that stuff, how that killed things. Now he's talking about blaming the young fans. Okay, so first of all, a couple of things. Same as when it's like him kind of starts to blame the the bands themselves and now he blames 
the fans. Fuck that. Don't you not do that. You know, that's like that's like an election goes the wrong way. And like kind of smarmy newscasters kind of vote shame and blame us, you know, like as if we didn't vote the way we were supposed to vote. This is kind of like that. Fuck that. I haven't got any time for that. Um, However, (laughs) the same when he, you know, in the last one was kind of blaming the bands. You're not doing enough. Not true. In my eyes, blaming the fans here. Not true. However, what he's talking about is still really interesting because he's talking about streaming. Now, did we instigate streaming? Did we instigate the streaming model? As far as I see it, there's a bunch of us as fans who are joining the calls and signing the petitions and all of this stuff to have streaming payments looked into as um, completely wrong and completely exploitative because it does not pay the artists who actually create the music. Meanwhile, there's people who run the sites and stuff getting rich. Um, fans joining artists have been so vocal on that in the UK at least that there is now like an official government inquiry into whether streaming needs to be better regulated to ensure full and proper payment to musicians because it seems like an exploitative and unfair business model and that's completely just destroying his point here that the culprits are the young fans um Although, you know, we're all responsible for actions. We were using streaming. If we were, you know, getting illegal downloads and doing streaming and that meant artists couldn't make money, then that was all on us. I think still who suffered the most from all that was record executives and that's why they got super up in arms about that to begin with. Um, Notice some of them aren't so bothered about the streaming, but the artists are because it seems to be the artists who are getting screwed because uh, what the problem with downloads originally coming in and file sharing was that it taught the music executives and the big companies to be very vigilant and when things change going forward and you have things like streaming and you have things like youtube they were very very quick uh vivo was started by i believe one of the main warner brothers executives that thing that makes uh that's part of the youtube system for deciding what is official proper allowed music on youtube and uh what isn't that thing that became part of YouTube as YouTube started to bring in also copyright strikes and they were kind of official ways to have music on YouTube as artists and any other way would get uh, noticed by an algorithm and um, copyright strike. Yeah, a lot of that was done uh, hugely in collaboration or even was come up with or was forced upon YouTube through various threatening conversations or whatever. However, the, the process works by the big record executives. They became very vigilant or making sure that when new ways of enjoying music came about, they still got their money, not necessarily the artists. And if you look at streaming, you're seeing the artists complain a lot more than you are the record executives. It was the opposite with file sharing and downloads because the artists weren't necessarily getting straight away screwed because who took all those album sale, that album sale revenue anyway? It was huge shares of it going to the record executives. Now they've been very careful about protecting themselves with putting musicians into contracts where they get shares of everything including things that never used they never used to get big shares of including merch and everything like that that always used to be the lion's share going to the musicians not so anymore the record executives became more some would say exploitative um 
certainly took a bigger share and became more vigilant about when new ways of sharing and listening to music came about, they would make sure they still got their cut. I think they've done that to a certain extent with streaming. I think there's talks of all sorts of even more kind of deals and collaboration between the record executives and streaming. And I think if you notice with streaming, an interesting thing, difference, like I say, with when downloads were coming about, file sharing was was kicking off. Um, it's the musicians themselves who are saying this isn't right. And it's smaller musicians as well. He's not wrong at all here talking about great bands, can't make a living out of it. Musicians who are well-known having to move, award-winning musicians having to move back in with their parents because they can't afford to pay the bills because the main way of getting the music out there has been on streaming and the revenue from that is so tiny. Um, you know, stuff like on, on Spotify, the estimated payment per stream to an artist is $0.003 um, per stream, which is insane. Um, so you have to you have to have millions and millions and millions of listens or even billions of listens before you can actually make a living off it. Um, yeah, an artist is saying it's unfair. Like I said, though, fans signing petitions, joining with artists and calling for change has led to the fact that these companies are coming under scrutiny. And when you look at who to blame, again, we are responsible for our own actions. If we were streaming music and file sharing, getting the music via file sharing, and therefore we're not ever giving money out of our pockets to the bands we like, then we are somewhat responsible there. And as an individual, you're responsible. However, is it the fans en masse, the people who go to the concerts, who buy the merch, who share the fans' music online, who promote the the bands that they like, who, who um, you know, who do actually try to support the bands at least to some extent? Is it their fault? Or is it whoever set up a business model that was so exploitative that it doesn't pay pay musicians properly who do you think it was who do you think is more to blame the bands themselves for not being glamorous enough (laughs) uh yeah the fans themselves for you know getting music the way that that is the easiest way to get music using the apps where all the music exists using the app where they can actually listen to the music they want because that's where the music is put out and that's where all the bands they are are on? Or is it whoever sets up the business model that collects all of this music, puts it in an app, and then doesn't pay the musicians? Because I think it's the last one, and I think he had it more spot on before where he was pointing to music executives and the platforms rather than the fans and the bands. That's what I think. But again, there's an interesting conversation there. I'm already going off on a big tangent, unpicking it. What he says there is much more interesting than Rock is dead and it's the fans to blame. No, but there's an interesting conversation in here about streaming and all of this stuff. You need to be the like the biggest of the biggest to, to, or, you know, a very, very big artist for that revenue to mean anything. Um, That's a lot of how your music gets promoted and shared these days. Where if rock and metal and other guitar genres are not as much in the mainstream... And, you know, not as much getting used, you know, on adverts and played on radio and everywhere. If that is happening right now, and again, I challenged that notion in the last episode a lot. But if that is happening right now, then could the Spotify problem, the the problem of streaming, which is affecting artists from all genres, could it be having, in some cases, even more of an effect on, you know, causing problems, have even more of a um, difficult effect and a... And a and a problematic effect on 
artists in certain genres and could it be if you're in these kind of genres where you have a big loyal fan base who super like that kind of music but it isn't so much in the mainstream if there is such a such a solid mainstream in a certain genre and that doesn't include you could that have an even more problematic effect on you could could you be even harder hit by these problems possibly again just asking questions here but look at all the interesting questions and ideas that come out about where guitar is and where the state of guitar music is and and all these different genres and how music works these days out of this once you just stop caring about the rock is dead no it isn't move on from that and there's a lot of interesting conversations here but to be fair those conversations come out of talking about rock is dead it's just about progressing the conversation on from there i think um so i think that's all very interesting and it's a very important conversation right now absolutely um you know there's also stuff that's worth pointing out about all the things I've pointed out in here about Bandcamp Fridays and we've also talked about vinyl sales and the amount of fans that came on. So Bandcamp Fridays is basically where Bandcamp, um, platform where you go and buy music. I suggest stuff from it all the time because there's loads of great music on it. Um, great place to find music as well. Uh, they take a share, obviously. It makes sense, right? They host, your, you, you, you can host your music on there and it's on their, on Bandcamp and you have your own little page and you put up your albums and stuff. And um, when you sell stuff, a little cut goes to them. Like with anything, right? You buy guitars on Reverb, Reverb takes a cut. Um, but they've been doing these things to support artists in the pandemic. They've actually been doing a load of stuff. But one of the things they've been doing is these Bandcamp Fridays where one Friday in each month or whatever it is, they completely waive their share. So all of the... All of the revenue goes straight through to the band or the label. None of it goes to Bandcamp. They don't take their cut for that day. And a lot of labels that I know, especially like rock and metal labels, have also said that on Bandcamp Fridays, they'll also waive their share. So usually if I pay 10 bucks for an album on Bandcamp, the lion's share is going to the artist, but not all of it, you know? Um... And you don't necessarily know how much because Bandcamp will take a little cut, but then also the label will take a certain cut if it's hosted through a label. Um, And then after they've taken their cut, then it goes to the artist. And I know labels that have said, right, when Bandcamp waives their fees, we'll waive ours. So when you pay 10 bucks for that album, that's all 10 bucks, every single cent goes all the way through to the band. Great. Okay. On those days, fans have come out en masse and spent millions and millions literally millions in a single day on some of these Bandcamp Fridays um you know I think over seven million on one of the Bandcamp Fridays on music and merch so again we want to support music we know that you guys know that we all support music on here when we can if if we're in harder times and stuff with money at the moment like a like 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 is happening in the world with artists and with their fans right it gets harder but we're all keen on supporting artists doing whatever we can Um, so we all know that that point isn't really true. Again, the headline stuff here that everyone focused on, Rock is Dead, it was young fans in the first instance, Rock is Dead, and it's because new music's all about laptops. Kind of, as jumping off points, you can get somewhere very interesting, but the least interesting stuff that he says, that's the least interesting stuff that he says. The stuff he goes on to say in giving the details and the justification, talking about the 
problems of streaming and talking about how music is made and different methods and it's not about subjective taste you like what you like but um if you go on and look at how that affects the standing of rock music or guitar music today that reveals some interesting things all of that's way more interesting than than rock is dead whether he says it or whether it's the conversation that then takes place with everyone jumping on each other about it the most interesting stuff is what he says later on and then like i said in yesterday's episode where we can progress that to all of those little points i picked up on and just you know pulled out a little bit of a couple of ideas this whole interview series we could do with people coming on and talking about um the issue of how to distribute music without people being exploited and whether there's a viable business model there's all sorts of ideas about whether there is a mainstream of music now or whether rock has its own mainstream parallel to the mainstream is there's all sorts of conversations about if you look at the amount of rock that's still included everywhere it is still overwhelmingly popular but in a totally different way that means you can't draw analogs with other artists there's all these weird interesting conversations that are the kind of conversations i find interesting to have and want to have people on here even more to to talk about with and you know because just having my opinion who gives a shit but you know there's all sorts of fascinating conversations we can have with one another on here and with really informed people within the industry if you very quickly move away from rock is dead and if you very quickly move away from guitar music is dead that's where the interesting stuff is and i wanted to go through these gene simmons comments because he kind of proved my proves my points in when i go through it the stuff i pull out to show where the conversation goes it 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 gets more interesting as it moves away from rock is dead and that's why i think the focus should be for as we engage with this but also to show you that even just in what he himself says without me adding anything he makes much more interesting points when he moves away from talking about whether rock is dead and, and, and talks about general ideas and and also more specific ideas but ideas around the state of music and guitar music and all that stuff anyway um don't know whether you guys agree but i'm just just not that interested in the conversation getting stuck in the same cycles i'm interested in it progressing and going somewhere um and i think that's where the more interesting stuff is and there's an example of it me yesterday wallowing around in my own nonsense and going through these well-publicized you know for raw causing <laughs> gene simmons comments the likes of which we have seen many many times before from many people rock is dead music's dead it's all fake you know blah 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 um nothing wrong with holding those opinions but in terms of what we get together to discuss as a community it, it gets a lot more interesting the further we get away from that in my opinion okay again shutting up now moving on from this speaking of moving on here's some music for you uh, and I am going old school on stuff today because because this is just what this is just what I came across to listen to today. So that's what you're getting. Um, there was a part of me that was like, should I give an example of a guitarist or an artist or you know some rock music which is super big and super popular and does an amazing amount and could be this kind of legacy band, this band that has this big legacy, this band that has this following 30 years from now just to just to kind of dovetail nicely with all the points i've talked about from gene simmons and all my points back to say rock music very much isn't dead i could have gone and here's this artist but i actually thought no because i do that literally all the time you know it's it's kind of playing into those comments to be like no see there is this band here i've done 
over 100 episodes, over 110 episodes now of this podcast. I suggest music in every single episode. And an absolute ton of it is new music, new guitar music that's doing incredible things, inspiring people. And some of it is, especially in its own circles, extremely popular, award-winning, revered, played all over the place all the time. So I actually think it proves my point even more by saying I'm so confident in that point I don't even need to make that point today. I don't even need to spend today going, see, rock isn't dead. Look at all this stuff. I'm going to, I'm so confident and comfortable in that. I'm not even going to take the opportunity to suggest some new rock music that proves that point. I do that all the time. Keep listening to this podcast, listen to the past episodes, literally all the time. <laughs> um, what I will do is suggest um, what I came across today. Uh, this is going to be for anyone who's into acoustic blues, anyone who's into just beautiful, fantastic guitar work. If you're into raw stuff, like this is where it does dovetail what I was talking about today. If you're in with raw stuff, just musicians playing their instruments, raw as you like. There is no digital stuff in here. There's barely any production value. This is stick a mic in the room, fly on the wall of amazing musicians stuff. The story behind this is interesting, this, this whole album. Um which you can read about on the page that I'm linking to in the description of this podcast. You can read the story of how these recordings were gotten, how they came about. Um, so this is two guitarists playing together. It's Robert Crotty and Lauren Connors. So Robert Crotty and Lauren Connors. Um, I've linked to that in the description below. There's this whole album, which is called Robert Crotty with me, Lauren's collection. So it's Robert Crotty and Lauren Connors, those are the two guitarists. I'm suggesting that you check out the first track, TB Blues, but just check out this whole thing. Read the story when you scroll down underneath the tracks about where this came about. It's just like the most blues thing. It's the most genuine, authentic, raw blues guitar story about how this comes about, and you can just hear it in the music as well. Great stuff. So anyway, something that Gene might enjoy because he's not into all that digital nonsense. So, <laughs> And something that you'll probably enjoy as well if you're listening to a guitar podcast. So go and check that out. Listen to a bunch of music. Get inspired. Play a bunch of guitar. Look after yourselves. Look after one another. And as always, I will catch you again tomorrow.